0: Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey.
1: What kind of questions are you asking yourself? Ones that lead to growth? Today on episode 11 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Jess Duell, the leader and guide at Red Direction, who believes in building accountability into the way you run your business. Let's talk about how asking the right questions can lead to higher revenues, higher functioning teams, and higher resilience for you, and how that all plays into personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. I really, really enjoy my personal retreats, something my guest today also believes in as well. Whether it's my big two-day annual retreat at year's end or quarterly retreats I've added into my 90-day rhythms, I relish the opportunity to go into solitude, usually in a beautiful setting, and ask myself some key questions. Questions like, what were my wins from the past time period? What didn't I get done? What was a game changer for my business? What did I learn? Where did my thought patterns or strategies change and why? I journal my responses, they become fodder for my goal setting for the next quarter or year as I look for patterns or opportunities in which to pour more energy and focus. I wanna keep getting better at asking myself the right questions. And I also utilize my coach to poke me with questions that make me think about the course I'm on. Well, my guest today is Jess Duhl. Here's a little bit about Jess. Jess Duhl is the managing partner of Red Direction and popular host of the Bold Business Podcast. She perceptively talks about leading with incomplete information. It is the power of anticipation and making decisions that last. Jess brings over 20 years of advising, consulting, and facilitation experience in operational strategy and organizational culture where values and purpose intersect. Both practical and unexpected, her views tune into the uniqueness of your organization. Companies working closely with Jess learn to ask the right questions and think effectively on their feet. She specializes in working with companies at critical points in development to balance their growth with constraints found in leadership and operations. When not working with leaders to make companies successful, she enjoys spending time with her husband and son in Kirkland, Washington. I was blessed to be a guest on her podcast a couple of years ago, and I felt a connection which made me want to have her on my show And now she lives in my home state, Washington, since we last connected. So welcome, Jess.
2: Oh, it's so great to be here, Paul. I have to tell you, I know, Washington State, even though we're on opposite sides, we, like, cover all of the weather patterns in one day.
1: (laughs) That is so true. For you that don't live in Washington, there is a mountain range between us Mm -hmm. that uh, blocks a lot of the wet weather that Jess will experience. Uh, And uh, we get the sunshine over on this side.
2: They do. They do get way more sunshine. Um, there's something about that sea air though. I can already tell the difference in my skin. I've only been back about nine months, but there's something <laughs> different about the air here that's super great. <laughs> I do, I do like your sunshine. I'll admit that a lot too, Paul. Here, here. Uh, yeah, it was fun having you on the Bold Business Podcast. By the way, we had such a great time, and I I noticed in your uh, in your intro, you even touched on some of our topics. So yes. we'll, if you want, we can make sure that everybody has the links to your appearance on this show wherever oh. you want them to be. Because it was a great show. <laughs> he has really good things to share. So listen closer.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you for that shameless plug. Yeah, we Welcome. talk about change. If I if I am not. You know, I will give you a back plug as well, because you not only most podcast hosts release an episode and that's it, you know, they move on to the next one. You recycled back through and kept posting the episode, even up through, I think a year later. Yeah. So uh, kudos to you for um, giving the extra plugs.
2: It is, you know what? It is my pleasure because one of the things that I think people forget about is like that concept of. When you reflect, when you have celebration, well, a lot of us don't know how to celebrate and some of us don't like to reflect Mm. and sometimes they're the same or we could make them more fun at least. Uh, But there was, when there is timeless information, when there is something that we can go back to, it's really important to revisit that because it may inadvertently be the inspiration we need for the problem or the challenge or the creative spark we need for whatever we're working on right now.
1: That is so true. See, we're already off to the races and we haven't even started. So (laughs) exactly. this is great. This is great. great. Well, you play a whole slew of different roles uh, and just looking through your website and your social media. One of the things I thought was interesting is you get to be an interim executive. So tell us more about how that came to be and what if that is exciting to you?
2: Well, okay. One of the reasons that Red Direction exists is because having a single role with a single company is great. And I'll be real. I like a squirrel and a shiny object now and again. And it turns out interim projects have so much, add a lot of value. People need to take a medical leave. They need to take a personal leave. They would like to take a sabbatical and they know their team is capable, yet they want the extra capacity for the team to be able to flex. And one of the things that I do really well is jump in, see what's going on, and be able to help that team maintain exactly where they're at and optimize where it makes sense, knowing that the executive that has stepped out will come back to a team as strong or a little stronger to pick up where they are going next.
1: Oh, that is so cool. Can we do this in life too? Can we have an interim right? uh you know spouse to step in? No, I guess that would work. <laughs> I was like, uh, can I have
2: my grocery interim, shopper? Can I parents, can I have somebody yeah. do my exercise <laughs> 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 on the days where I get to do other things instead? oh no, that I know, is I fascinating,
1: and i think i would get a total rise out of that too uh because yeah. first of all all the responsibility doesn't lie with you it's with the person that left and your job is to keep the energy up and keep the the, the train on the tracks yeah. um, but you're also bringing this extra perspective that they didn't have
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: it's like you know this this coach that just sort of zips in and beams down and then beams away
2: that's exactly <laughs> right that's exactly right and i actually think i was spoiled in uh in in the first company that I had ownership in, right as part of the ownership team, that was all we did was work with other companies, and I was spoiled by that, and I enjoyed it so much. And the learning I took from one actually benefited another. Yes. And that particular connection—that's how I—I I think. And for those for those of you who are listening, you'll you can't see me look up into space, but I actually am looking out up into space on a regular basis to check in and see with everything that is going on and all the data points I have available to me. And and I think we all have a skill like that. And when we can use it and know, how do I get the data I need? How do I want to show up the way that I want to show up? What does somebody need from me? How can I ask the right question to help them get to their answer and remove an obstacle? All of those things, uh, can, I like the difference of them. And I like the similarity of it as well.
1: Yeah, being able to take information you learn at one company and bring it over to another. I, I enjoy that too. I mean, that's so much fun to be able to say, you know, I was working with another client who tried this. It may not work for you, but maybe there's a little, uh, you know, jaunt that you could take from that that's transferable to your situation. And I think no matter what uh, career path you're on right now, the more you learn, the more you're exposed to other industries, other leaders, the more you're going to start having this tool belt that's bulging that mm-hmm. you're going to be able to use right where you're at. Mm -hmm. So I love the question. I'll just take the quick uh, side jump because I feel like we're going to be ADD today. But uh, how "How do I want to show up? I mean, this is a personal leadership podcast. So uh, and it's about asking yourself the right question. Talk to me about that question.
2: How do I want to show up? Well, that that assumes a lot of things and a lot of people show up and they they like that phrase, that that quote. You can tell me who said it. Probably ninety percent of ninety percent is showing up, right? Didn't some somebody famous said that? And I am there. I'm drawing a blank on who that is. Um, that ninety percent bear up, you know. <laughs> I know exactly. Could <laughs> like, be <laughs> like,
1: like half of it is. You know, ninety percent of it is, is half showing up. One really. of those weird it, comments. Is,
2: it is. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I, I I really thought about that one day, and I'm like, well, I'm showing up, but I'm not getting the results I want. Mm-hmm. And I realized. I was showing up, but I didn't understand the start line. I didn't understand my place in the line. I didn't understand where I was going. I didn't understand what I wanted the objective to be. And I always, anytime any of those things showed up, whatever the interaction was, a meeting, an interview, a conversation, um, a parent-teacher conference, you know, conversation with my peer and colleagues at the office, I always felt like it could have gone better. Like there was something lacking. And for a while I was like, whatever, that is your own shame and guilt, get over it. And I realized I was wrong. I was realizing the shame and guilt was an excuse. I realized just showing up wasn't the full answer. I realized that if I didn't know what the interaction was about, if I didn't fully understand what I wanted to get out of it, I was leaving opportunity on the table every single time. And that was the feeling at the end. Something didn't get covered that could have. That last little bit that could move a mountain didn't show up. And so I started preparing for big things and little things to be able to know, how do I want to show up? What is the primary purpose of me being here? Am I in a leadership role? Am I in a receiver role? Am I in a transitionary role where I'm taking information from A to B? And once I understood that, I got better at everything. It came easier. It um, felt more fulfilling. I had more great ideas. Better and more of results showed up. And so that was the personal ownership of, well, what do I actually really want to do? And how can I add value? Because if I'm not, not going to actually be all in, why am I doing it?
1: Bill resonates with me. Uh, I'll take the parent-teacher conference uh, thing that you mentioned, right?
2: <laughs> so so yeah. you
1: can either go and just go, I'm just showing up and the teacher's going to lead this and I'm just going to be a bump and, and take it in. My kid is, is great or my kid needs work or whatever. But you're right. I have thought on the drive to the school before like, I want to make sure this teacher feels appreciated for for all the work that, that she or he does. So I want to make sure I get that comment in at some point. I also want to learn if my daughter's socialization, which was just as important to me as her grades, you know, and, and how she's relating to the other class members and is she being respectful and uh, that other stuff. So I actually went in with a little bit of an agenda, how, how I wanted to show up. So great stuff. Great stuff. So you're also a professional board member. Again, fascinating. So uh, how many boards are you on and how do you, how do you juggle them?
2: That's a really good question. Right now I'm on two boards okay. and um, of privately held companies. And they are, well, they're from my network. And so okay. that's one of those things where the more people you know, the more opportunities you have, the way that you want to be involved and how, again, how do you want to show up and what do you want from it? as much as what can you give to it um, becomes really important. And so they're quarterly board meetings and they happen at different times. And some are more flexible than others. And the purposes uh, and the role I play is about the same. It's usually about culture. It's usually about organizational structure and uh, the communications between people and departments and identifying the gap between where we're at and where we want to go within those organizations.
1: Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's very in line with what you do for a living and uh, you're just bringing that, okay. To a, to a board level, but Mm -hmm. uh, that is a great question for those of you listeners that have thought about being on a board. Oftentimes it's a nonprofit board uh, with a cause that you may uh, break your heart that you want to do something about is thinking before you join, what do I want from it? Mm -hmm. Which, um, is, a, is it an okay question to ask? It's not uh, just about service, but then what do I want to give to it? And getting those clear in your mind before you say yes.
2: Always. So, tr- you know, that that's incredibly true, Paul. And there's, uh, there was one thing that came and it went. So if it shows up later, I'll be like, hey, do you remember that board thing? It showed <laughs> up again. But for okay. now, I lost it.
1: The boomerang is circling, so it'll it'll hit us in the head soon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it does look like you spend most of your time, though, being a consultant. So uh, it seems like you play this guide role in whatever you do. So when did you realize you had that talent? And uh, when did you think it could turn into a career?
2: Never and never.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay. Next question. (laughs) I was going to
2: say, let let me see what I can do with that. When did I know? Well, I've always had my, um, I've always been a pot stir. So when there was a pot to stir, I was very careful about making sure I understood that I recognized I was going to stir a pot. And then once I stirred the pot, I was like, well, if I'm going to stir the pot, I kind of got to see it through. And not kind of. Uh, it's important to be there to see it through. And so this guide part of the consulting, there's all about how do we make decisions, which is what I consult on. What is your strategic vision? Are you doing the things that you need? How do you develop the skills? Where do you get to practice those in the day to day? And do you like the results? What are the things that need to happen within the organization operationally to make the changes to get you where you want to go? Um, and One of the things I found in my journey was that when I really needed somebody, all I got was advice. And when I would ask for help, all I got was, well, try this. I never had anybody, even if I asked, say to me, I totally get where you're at. I've been there. Your journey is going to be different. You don't have to do it alone. I'll stand by you. And so that is one of the things that really drove me into making sure small and medium sized businesses that have a single owner or maybe co-founders or, you know, three to five people on a management team, that's a time where everybody's wearing a lot of hats. And if all five of those people on a small leadership team feel alone, that increases the stress. Uh, around performance, and it decreases the ability and the capacity of the team to get things done. And so that's where I have really shown up as, hey, don't forget you're together. Hey, don't forget you got this far together. And um, sometimes we're working one-on-one. And if I'm working with an individual executive, it's, well, how do you want to practice this? This is the thing that you're facing right now. And a small change usually makes uncomfortable stuff that's been around show up and that's the thing so when that uncomfortable stuff shows up those people that i am working with those leadership teams they're not alone they can they don't they have the support they need to figure it out to decide what action they're going to take and then to be able to debrief in a safe environment
1: i love how you say uh you know a guide stands by you doesn't necessarily give you advice I, i think if there's a book out recently, I want to say it's uh Michael Bung- bungay Bunge Staniers. The book is called Stop Giving Advice. And it's yeah. sort of like in, in your face, you know, like just knock it off. <laughs> like most people don't want unsolicited advice, right? Right.
2: That's right. That that's it. Well, yes, and sometimes it's useful. And if I and if somebody asks for it, it's a whole different ballgame. Sure. game. Oh,
1: sure. sure but yeah. to go,
2: oh, you have a problem, you might want to try this. Well, then you're an in information overload because you're already stressed out you're already in a potentially reactionary situation that you don't have, you're on the edge of losing control of yourself and feeling overwhelmed. And that's not a good place to be.
1: No, so that could be something we all need to work on is if you're tempted to give advice, ask another question instead.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Which
1: which puts the responsibility back on the other person. It shows that you're supportive, you stay curious and uh, possibly then you might give some good advice in the future. And not just the shot across the bow of like, yeah, this will work for everybody.
2: And I'm going to go to the flip side of that. And if you're on the receiving end of unsolicited advice, Mm. listen, say thank you. And put up a boundary, close that down and call Paul or me.
0: (laughs) We'll ask you a
2: question. (laughs) We'll help you. But take that first step. Take that ownership. I realize that I don't need to do anything with this information. Yeah, I'm going to honor that this person is helping me the way that they know in the moment, even though it's not helpful to me in the moment, I might be able to use it later.
1: Yes. And if you're in a, um, uh, a very trusting relationship, the, uh, the, ca- the counselors among us would probably say, you can also share with the person, like, I just need you to listen. I don't need advice, right? Yes. Put, put on your listening cap and set the tone for, I'm going to now pour out my feelings. I just need you to listen.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Well, an excellent guy does ask those powerful questions. And you've already sort of answered this question with, you know, we don't want to do the work of the hero we are supporting, which to us is the client. So tell us more about your approach to asking the right questions and getting your clients to ask the right questions to themselves and their teams.
2: Mm, Okay. So I'm going to, let's see if I can share a story here. I am working with um, a communications company and this leadership team has had some stagnation and growth and they came to me because they are recognizing the stagnation and growth. They are also recognizing that there were some uh, patterns of interaction and behavior within the organization that needed to change that were definitely impacting it, but they didn't know how much. And so after working together for um, a few months, it became clear where the interpersonal dynamics were getting in the way between a few different people that were causing the stagnation in this small organization. And so what ended up needing to happen was the individual manager, executive, had to figure out how do I want to show up to this and practice it and fall down a little bit and then start having the conversations and set a new and finally set a new boundary. And it takes time. This, this, I think this took about an average amount of time. It took about three to four months before this person was like, yep, I can set this boundary. Um, And so I said, okay, good. You've got this boundary set. And then I said, don't set anymore. Don't think about anything. Just hold this one decision and all kinds of other stuff started to show up, Paul. Other poor behaviors or reactionary behaviors. And it was more than just this one person then that became the cause. There were all of these things where we they thought they had a good foundation and they just wanted to break through. And they found out there needed to be some time spent on fortification of what they have so they could better decide what to carry forward. And so fast forward a year, This team is now has a better understanding of what's going on, what causes a reaction, what are the boundaries that are important to our values and the way that we're showing up so that we can achieve our mission. We can deliver the product that we want to solve our client's need. And then they are now able to be making decisions to go, okay, I understand a little bit more about this dynamic. We know where we have fortified. We're going to go from the strongest place. And we're going to ask, we're going to pick an initiative that is based off of the strongest place. And we're going to go after that. And so what questions do we need to ask? Do we have the right resources? Do we have the right people? Do we really want to do this? How much does it further our vision? And can we imagine out, can we vision out far enough to find out how this might touch other things that we want to get done? And start setting up for those things before we get there.
1: There's a lot of filter questions that you help them establish, like, what's the boundary I need to set up and so yes. forth that are they now asking themselves that on a regular basis, like do yes. they have almost like a script that they're working off of?
2: No, they don't have a script to work off of. It's a, ooh, the boundary goes here. Okay. Right? Okay, I've got it it's a I would consider it one of those communication tools that you go, "Oh, I need this tool. That's this boundary thing. I'm going to bring that to this conversation." Or, "Oh, now we've made this decision, so here are the questions that we need to ask around this decision." And there are starter questions, but for the most part, by the time they're at that level, you're a little bit past that. You have to get creative and start figuring, asking a random question almost around the topic to figure out if it's To figure out how to find the right question to be able to move forward, yep,
1: gotcha. The word fortification that's the two-dollar word of today. So, hey, two-dollar words. Okay, so five syllables, we did it. I'll send you a check, two-dollar word. Um, so does that work for an individual? Uh, to work, I'm I'm assuming fortification, use like moving from a point of strength, right? Do you want to go a little bit deeper into that?
2: Sure. So let's talk about an individual. So I could be in a company, I could be um, an entrepreneur with a remote staff that is using support services or partial people here or there. um, And you're this, you accidentally, inadvertently become the center of the company. A common dynamic that shows up even in bigger, small businesses, when somebody's had that role, everybody defers to that person. Everybody defers to you. And you have to say, I want to empower you. How can I show up differently? And what can I ask you? What can I offer you to help you show up differently, to engage in a different way that takes the burden off of me? Hire, that's, that's actually, I think, the first part to creating a high-performance team.
1: Okay. All right. Great. So you're moving from that place of strength and you're taking the power that has been uh not even you're not even intending the power to come to you and you're empowering others specifically you're sharing that power yes that is so good because then that leads to ownership right of of everyone in the company on your leadership team or it pushes that down where the decisions need to be made and then people don't feel like a hired hand but they feel like an owner they don't feel like the used car renter. They feel like the <laughs> Lamborghini <laughs> owner. <odor. laughs>
2: yes, that's true. That's true. They, they People choose to come to work every day or they choose to work with you on your projects. And so what can you do to help them continue to make that choice?
1: Yes, that is so vital to the ongoing health of a, of a leadership team, especially. And then people give that discretionary effort which is pretty cool. Yes. Well, let's take a quick break here. You are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can contact me on Twitter at GrowingFWD, Growing Forward, and my guest Jess Duell at Jess underscore duel. When we come back, I'm going to ask her a little bit about this concept of accountability and how that can help you move towards, well, forward movement.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye. There are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today.
1: Welcome back. Having a great time here with Jess Duell as we're talking about asking the right questions. And accountability is a part of this whole question asking to get to greatness. Accountability is a big deal for any kind of forward momentum, building a culture, getting your own personal goals accomplished. Why is accountability just a sort of superpower?
2: Well, it's really easy to pass the buck. And anybody who's ever had a 10-year-old knows this. (laughs) Let's just be real. I'm going to look at a 10-year-old first. I have one. And this morning, there there was a little bit of anger and frustration because I held a boundary here about getting ready for school and getting to school and all that good stuff. And the, um, and the, the response was an apology was needed and the apology came back. I'm sorry that you made me mad. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so, so I'm going to stop there. Right. Our conversation continued and it all worked out and that's fine. In that moment though, what did my 10 year old do? My 10 year old gave up his power and told me it was my fault. So he gave me his power inadvertently. So when we are not accountable to ourselves as adults, we actually are kind of acting like that 10 year old, little outburst. And so how do we actually do accountability? How do we actually be accountable to ourselves? And it's more than having a task list that we check. It's more than actually doing the present retreats and the retreat days to do the check-ins and go through the motions. Those types of cadences are really important. It's whatever your personal values are and that you are actually showing up and keeping your power and helping others at the same time to get to an individual or a common goal.
1: That's a great definition. Hopefully you'll hit rewind on that listeners because that's the best definition of accountability I have ever heard. And have you read the book QBQ? Uh, no. Does-
2: Tell okay. us about, give me the highlights so I can like get QB, to the place that you are.
1: Yeah, QBQ is the question behind the question. I'm reading the author's second book, couldn't tell you his name right off the top of my head, but the second book is called Outstanding, You know how to be an outstanding leader in a company. But the question behind the question, a little book, the Dave Ramsey Organization makes it required reading when you get hired. You get hired to get a box of books uh, at that organization, which I think is pretty cool personally. So yeah. everybody's speaking the same language, but it's all about accountability. And it's asking yourself the question, how did I contribute to the situation that we are in? So it takes the blame game out. It takes complaining out. It takes excuses out because it's all asking yourself, how can I, how did I contribute to this? And now what can I do to be part of the solution?
2: Yes. Yeah. And by the way, it's really hard to do when, when, when I feel like I have been wronged, whatever that wrong is big, Mm -hmm. small, maybe I was just in a bad mood maybe I didn't like my lunch. I don't know, right? I mean, it could be anything. They didn't have my toothpaste at the store. They were out of my tea when I went to get my afternoon tea and take a break. Whatever it is, if I feel rocked in any way, and this is true for you too, if, if you're willing to see it, that um, our perception of the world really matters in those small moments, and it inadvertently sets us up for the bigger ones. And so if we can be aware of the small things. Oh, that is bumpy. Oh, this is a grindy bit. Oh, I recognize something's going on and it may have something to do with me, but I don't have to own that. I can just recognize that person has this thing and that's how they're showing up. It allows us to keep compassion without taking anything on. It also allows us to be aware of that how are we showing up? Do we have space for other people's other people and other people's stuff in addition to don't forget we've got to make space for ourselves and our stuff
1: we all need more of that Well, you just describe compassion we need more self-awareness we do need to make that space for ourselves as well
2: do you know how to do it
1: how tell us
2: take a breath literally stop and breathe And it doesn't have to be big. It could be, you could be dramatic, make it whatever it needs to be. But a breath is all that is needed to go. I got to disrupt some of this so that I can maybe figure, see it in a different way before I take my next step.
1: Yeah. Stephen Covey called it uh, inserting the pause button, right? You've got stimulus and you've got response. And uh, we just usually go right from one to the other instantaneously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we regret it or we probably mm-hmm. should regret some of that. Uh, but as she said, instead, put the pause button in there, which is taking a breath, like you described. And yeah. that allows you to regain perspective for a moment or yeah. many moments and make a better choice.
2: Otherwise, we're like a 10-year-old tantrum.
1: That's right. Um, we're not bring that
2: back in. Y'all know what you looked like when you were 10 and threw a tantrum. <laughs> just know, nobody's going to tell you that that's actually happening when it is as an adult.
1: yes. Yes. And that's where we get that verb uh, adulting. It wasn't a verb before, but now it is uh, adulting, right? It's, it's To me, that just means <laughs> maturity versus immaturity, right? Adulting is supposed to be the mature mature response versus the immature one.
2: Keep your power. And by the way, that's really important because we all need that. We all need that for our identity. We need that to understand what our goal is and how our goal aligns or doesn't align to the next step Yet it, we, may be, we may be like smooshing our goal next to somebody else's goal for a period of time and the goals could be very different and they could almost clash. Yet by having them aligned, it's getting a skill, it's obtaining experience, it's allowing an opportunity to think differently so that you know, as you're going towards your goal, When do they actually need to part ways? When do they diverge? Or when do they merge? Because there might sometimes, and I actually find this a lot in the work that I'm doing, sometimes those individual goals are actually more aligned. It is just a mindset thing that is telling us somewhere along the line, this can't be the way it's going to be. This can't be blah, 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 blah. And can't such a bad word, C a n. Apostrophe, does that count as a letter? T, no, we'll call it a four-letter word, can't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, (laughs) a four-letter word that gives your power away. (laughs) That's right,
2: yes, it does.
1: Oh, listeners, keep your power. And we're not talking about the raw power. We're talking about that personal (laughs) power that that you need. Otherwise you feel power less and then you start adopting victim mentalities and none of us wants that. Just goes down the tube from there. Well, I really enjoyed being on your Bold Business podcast, and frankly, it was because of you being the host. Your energy, uh, as everybody is now hearing, is contagious. Your sense of humor reduced stress of being a guest on a podcast, and you know your stuff. So I told you at that time it was the best produced podcast I had ever listened to. Sorry, other podcast hosts. Uh, so <laughs> it, it, it was amazing. You know, like, it would take a few guests. And mash together uh, phrases and paragraphs and concepts and put them all together within themes. Underneath a big theme of the episode. Yeah, it it was masterful. So what's podcast hosting been like for you? Why spend so much time crafting that masterpiece of each episode?
2: That particular style came by design. And what I was trying to get to is that we all think we are unique in our problems, which by the way, we are. Our problems are unique to us because of the past choices we and our teams have made. Okay. So there is a uniqueness there. The way forward, however, doesn't have to be unique. And that's where we kind of miss out. And that's what an opportunity we have where we're like, well, if we're so unique over here, it's got to be unique over here. Sure. Sure okay, that's going to slow you down. It's going to be less efficient. It's going to be all of these other, and you may end up in a different place than you thought. So taking some of these core principles that we know work in business. Yes. Some things get outdated. Yes. Some things change. Yes. Yes. To all of the things that are coming up in your head. As you hear me say this, yes, you are right. And If you distill it and take all those auxiliary things out, there are some core principles. And so when you look at a single problem, and then I would would look at a single problem, and then I would ask three people, well, how did you deal with this problem? How's this showing up in your organization? I got three very different answers, yet there was some commonality that could be taken away. So the purpose of that particular style of program was to show you are on your own path You were going to try some things. Hopefully these three viewpoints will give you something to chew on to change the way you're thinking to ask a different question to be able to continue to move yourself and your business forward. And what I found was there were themes all the way throughout. So yes, there is an overarching, the question that shaped the conversation three different times. And then what was said, it was surprising to see where things differed what some of the variety and range was, and most surprising were the things that ended up being the same in every situation. And I want to call those out because if we know there's going to be something the same in our situation as somebody else's, maybe we could find the thing they did we haven't yet.
1: Yeah. And that, that just reminds me that for any dilemma that you're wrestling with right now, get at least three perspectives. It's like, when you're in business, you know, you got to get three quotes before you hire a vendor. It's like we, we almost need to have the same mentality of getting three perspectives before we answer the question or it was, uh, take, choose it.
2: <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. It was like, for me, it was a, about this question. Three people who've been there were like my intermediate, small board of directors around that problem, mm-hmm. right? My advisory board yes. to help me solve that problem. And that was actually the design of it. You hit it on the head, Paul.
1: Man, it it was just, it was a great podcast. And uh, like you said, you're going to, you're going to bring it back up or we'll find a way to, to bring up uh, those episodes so you can go back. And a lot of podcast listeners, you go back to the beginning anyway. So you're going to hear some of those uh, past uh, highlights. And then you've got some other kinds of episodes that you've put forward as well. Tell us about those.
2: I do. I don't remember if I said this on air yet, Paul. I'm a little bit of a squirrel. I did. I said, I'm a little bit of a squirrel and shiny object person. And so having a formula I thought might be boring. So I do, I have like four different varieties of shows. We do panel shows and those could be recorded. They could also be live streamed. We have uh, individual conversations like this that can happen. And usually the ones that I do like this are very much around, something went really wrong. Here's how it went down. This is, these were the key decisions I've made. And here's the result in where I'm going next. And I call those uncharted because learning from a story that another is willing to share reminds us growth is not easy. It doesn't. And it might hurt a little and it's going to be difficult, but it doesn't have to be weighty. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. And I think there's a difference between not liking it and having grindy bits and being overwhelmed by it.
1: <laughs> so true. So true. Well, your business is called Red Direction. Where did the name derive from? I, I think it's cool. It's like Red Direction. Is this a paintball <laughs> company? It sounds like really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and what funny. is the aim of your business in the lives of your clients?
2: So... It has expanded and actually become defined more and more. It started out as a very pragmatic choice. I'll I'll let the cat out of that bag. Red direction sounded better than yellow direction. Yellow is my favorite color. And I didn't (laughs) want a compass because then we would be confused with insurance companies and financial organizations. And that's not what we do. So direction, very important. Do we know where we're going? Red pragmatic and the domain was available. What I came to find out (laughs) shortly after that was not only did it sound good and it's easy to say, uh, there is on your, uh, I went camping and on my compass is a red pointer. And that red pointer always points to magnetic North. And our magnetic north can be the direction that we go. And I was like, well, this is exactly what I'm doing. I'm so glad I can mush these two concepts together. How cool is that? So when we know where we're going, we can can decide to go east. We can decide to go west. We can decide to go anywhere else in the realm that we want. Because we always know where our magnetic north is and that point that is going to help us get to achieve our mission, regardless of the path that we choose to take along the way, the one we need to take along the way, or the one that shows up that says, go this way.
1: Yeah, mic drop. On that, that was one of the best stories I've heard for (laughs) picking a business name. Even though it's funny how it's like, but the domain was available, so I just went for (laughs) it.
2: I'll tell you what: started out pragmatic, but everything else came to be. And you know, when I um, I rebranded Red Direction actually at one when I lived in Colorado, and it's really cool to be in Kirkland where I've got mountains on two sides of me instead of just one now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, yes. So one of your goals in operational consulting is to increase the capacity of a leadership team. What yeah. does that mean to increase their capacity? And can an individual increase his or her capacity?
2: Why, well, yes, because we always have to hold up the mirror first. So let's just say every everything that I talk about works for a team. It works for an individual. Uh, it also works for non-business teams when you're thinking about uh, uh, all of your external relationships and friends and family. Let's do that too, or other commitments that you have outside of work. So our capacity, when something seems to come out of left field, how much reaction do we bring to it? If If we have a lot of reaction, we have very little capacity. If we have little reaction and we can kind of go, oh, that was surprising. What's this all about? We have a lot of capacity. When we are fighting fires all the time, our capacity decreases when we feel like we're we're making different decisions yet we're not getting any different results our capacity decreases when we are feeling taken for granted or not productive or not seeing the results that we want for the goals that we have set low capacity so all of the things this slowing down piece becomes really important that we talked about the pause You talked about the cadence of your retreats. I've got the cadence of my present retreats. And that is actually something that every single person that works with me begins to practice. We talk about it all the time. How do you present retreat? What is that cadence going to be? Because when you purposefully create time to just be, to let things come up, to deal with things on a large level, and I say things on purpose, so much can show up. That you don't have to deal with in the moment. It can wait until you're ready to look at that big picture. So a present retreat is a way to put off quote unquote urgent, yet maybe important. And it's also a quick way to go, that's I can just put that in the bin right now. I can just pass that one by right now in the day today. So that slowing down piece and that practice of what is the time going to be? Am I protecting it? What do I want to do during that time? Which would be different for an executive, a different for a leadership team, different for an individual, but still same, same concept. What do you want to do during that time? And how can that help you set up to execute and take action and maintain momentum? Because stuff's always going to come out of the left field. It's always going to be like, what just happened? Oh, there was a pothole in that road. I didn't see that one. And how are we going to be able to respond to it? It's almost, it really is like breathing. It slows the nervous system down.
1: Yeah. And if I don't have it, I, I'm a little bit more agitated to, Are to you? be frank, right? <laughs> if, I, if I don't have those retreats, cause it's like, I look forward to them so much and they do such a healing work uh, in my life that I when, I, when I don't have it, I miss it. Like it's been, it's been too long. I've got to get yeah. that on, on my calendar. <laughs> oh, maybe and what's your
2: about. most frequent? What remind me, I know we talked about this, but I don't have my notes from our show. What's your most frequent retreat that you do?
1: So I do a monthly one. Yeah. Okay. And that is, um, oftentimes on the last Saturday of the month, and that could be, it's sort of funny and maybe I'm a little OCD with stuff, but you know, in January, it's just two hours in February, it's three hours in March, it's four hours. So by the end of the year, it's two days. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I just keep increasing that, that time as the year keeps throwing stuff at me. Uh-huh. Uh, so I love that. And then the, I added the quarterly retreat uh-huh. this, uh, uh, two years ago where I go to a local hotel and, um, I just, you know, stay in their, their main room or outside. And then my wife joins me, we have dinner and enjoy the evening. So that's uh, my new rhythm with quarterly retreats. And then the end of the year retreat is the full two days. So that's my rhythm. What's your rhythm?
2: What's my rhythm. I have a weekly yep. one Four you got a hours weekly one. for actually mine is now six. Um, I, I suggest four hours a week minimum to just check in with, the strategy, check in with the goals. What are the things that are most important? Because I know I'm going to be bombarded as soon as I leave that time. And then, um, and so I do six hours and then two hours of my, and this is a personal stuff comes in, but it is mostly red direction work that I'm doing during this time. And then the last couple of hours of the day are sorting out, telling the team, um, if there is a change, what that change is, making sure that all of the things are organized so that the communication is clear about any adjustments in priority. It allows me to ensure those weekly priorities align with those medium and longer term goals. Yeah. And then um, I don't do monthly ones, but I do do quarterly. And my quarterly takes two days, actually. The first day is usually I usually, by the way, most of the stuff I do during work days, except for the first part of my quarterly ones where I sit down because my quarterly ones are my personal life, uh, my family goals and my goals, and then also red direction work. And what are the things I want to bring in? What are the things I want to let go? How do, where's my starting line? What track am I on? How do I make sure people know how to get to my party? And then I spend the day, the Monday, another day, which is usually a Monday, um, evaluating what does the quarter look like and making those goals and figuring out how do I want to communicate that out with the rest of the Red Direction team. So that is how I do it. And then uh, that's all I do. I, people keep saying, take an annual retreat. And I'm like, well, I could, but if I'm going to do two days every quarter and an annual retreat, I don't know what I would do because of the cadence that I've chosen. I would rather just take a vacation.
1: (laughs) Right, right. No, I th- thank you for sharing that, uh, your, your yeah. rhythm on that, because, yeah, you're doing it so often that yeah. it never slips away from you for right. more than a week. And, right. uh, you know, when, when people talk to me about like, so, Paul, how do you stay on your goals? It's like, well, you got to keep looking at them and you keep evaluating them and keep, you know, putting into your calendar the next step. And if you don't look at them, but uh-huh. once. A year, yeah, you know, or every right. you know, six months, there's just not enough time to stay current mm-hmm. on that. So the the personal mm-hmm. retreat or the present retreat will, will help you do that. And I also love that, you know, as something comes up and sort of hits your life, you're like, you know, I'm not gonna deal with that now. But I yeah. do have this time devoted to actually chew on that and move it around in my That's mind right. and think That's about right. it. So I don't have to deal
2: with it right now. That's exactly <clears throat> right. I have a bin on my <laughs> desk and it's called now and near and now so and near. And now and near every week I go through my now and near and it either stays in there if it needs to be checked on for quarterly or it can be addressed and prioritized or and if it makes it here it can still get end, end up in the bin and be like no that actually doesn't work because I look at this during the present retreat when I can actually be aware and go a little bit deeper with
0: some of that stuff
1: yes your, your bin is a lot cooler than my uh my file that's that's just you know chunked with stuff if you're, oh, you're listening to this you can't you can't see that we're holding up bins and files but <laughs>
2: <laughs> well some people keep a word document and by the way if you can do that fantastic for me i have to touch everything because there's like a memory thing for me but if you're able to pull that memory why did i write this random thing down great do it electronically, too. I like that Paul and I are tactile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I must do something with this piece of paper. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so true. Well, um, man, there's time went by so fast today. Sure our last, last couple of questions for you, Jess, is what do you want to promote for our listeners' personal leadership development? If you wanted to increase their tool belt, uh, what would you direct them toward?
2: Well, first, I'm going to just say they better listen to more of this show. Oh, that's all I've got to say. This is, (laughs) this is a, it's a time that if we're taking it out to listen, let's be present and let's see what we can take away from every single one of these episodes. And then pick one other podcast. I will shamelessly plug Bold Business Podcast for that. absolutely, Um, Because just like what Paul is doing, while my podcast is focused very much on business, there are some things that might spark other things that will build on what you're hearing here on Paul's podcast, right? And the other thing would be is, Find a resource that you can get information from, whether that's inspiration, like a word of the day, which we do on Instagram. It could be our annual report that we put together, our business management report, which is available right now from our results uh, that we did at the end of 2021. And it is going to be current and we're promoting it all the way through this year. And we'll do it again. So stay tuned because we actually are looking for people to participate in that because we actually ask you, Paul, your listeners, me, my listeners, and everybody out there that owns a small business that and or is part of small business and wants to contribute to what's actually really going on.
1: So good. And how can our uh, growing forward today listeners best contact you, Jess?
2: At Jess, J-E-S-S underscore D E W E L L that's at Jess dual visit reddirection.com as well. And you'll be able to find all kinds of ways to connect with me there.
1: That was so fun. Thanks for uh, sharing your wisdom with us today and have a great rest of 2022.
2: Thanks. You too.
1: So I have some takeaways from Jess today. Maybe you had some of the same ones. I love the question. How do I want to show up for your, that can be for your business, for a potential client, for your parent teacher conference, in a date night with your spouse. It could be anything. But what is your objective going in? It's going to make you way more intentional and you're going to get better outcomes. A second thing is uh, getting three different perspectives from your advisory board, whoever you want to call that advisory board, before making a decision. It's going to be way better wisdom that comes out of that than trying to do it unilaterally and feeling lonely about making that call. And then the last one was If you have a lot of reaction to a circumstance coming at you, your capacity is low and you can always build that up. uh, But having that better, you know, more resilience in that reaction is showing that your capacity is increasing. The GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. Remember, if you learn something and don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. Hey, a free gift for y'all. Text the word BEYOND to 72000 to get my free one sheet on crafting, casting, and carrying a compelling vision. It's a helpful tool as a leader of your business or your department. That's opening a text to 72000 and typing the word BEYOND. Thank you for listening to episode 11. Please spread the word about this podcast to the other Achiever friends in your life who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. Until next week, keep growing forward.
0: Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel.